Moments with Andy, the podcast. Brought to you by 100.3 and 102.7 The Point and The Night Show. My name is Andy. Thanks for spending a moment here with me. It is Wednesday, June 17th. I apologize for yet again picking a bit here on the TSA. A lot of, sort of a popular hobby nowadays, but somewhat following up on a report we chatted about, was it last week, about how the TSA didn't do so well on some undercover tests, perhaps. They failed to detect 95% of fake weapons and bombs smuggled onto planes by undercover agents. Remember that? And by the way, TSA, Transportation Security Administration, that's what it stands for, I think. And sort of dovetailing on that, so on the heels of that report, looking at a poll here from YouGov showing sort of the lack of confidence, perhaps, the American public has in the TSA's ability to catch terrorists. And how many who think screenings are actually necessary? Now, it's tough because you think if the TSA failed to detect 95% of fake weapons and bombs on that recent undercover test, it doesn't make us feel all that safe, does it? And then you wonder, well, and we're having to go through all these pat-downs, these shakedowns, these body screenings, when they're failing 95% of the time anyways? Like, you know, almost what, what's the point? Anyways, looks here that, let's see, if I can do my math here, 5% of Americans are very confident the TSA would be able to catch a terrorist trying to board an airplane at an American airport. 38% somewhat confident. So you put those together, that's what, 43%? And then 17% of Americans not at all confident TSA could do that, with 28% saying they're not very confident that TSA could catch a terrorist like that. And if I do my math, is that uh, is that 40... Oh, come on, Andy, you can do this. 45%, so 45% not very confident, 43% confident, so, you know, fairly close, but no clear majority, and also interesting here how it shows that uh, actually more members of the blue team think airport security screenings are a necessary intrusion to keep air travel safe than the red team. 70% Democrats think it's a necessary intrusion, 57% of the red team saying the same thing, and then on the flip side... Only 18% of the blue team saying airport security screenings are overly intrusive and don't do much to keep air travel safe, with 33% of the red team saying the same thing. I don't know why I thought that would be flipped. Seems like it's the red team that usually is the, um, you know, wants to do everything we can to, of course, I'm generalizing, these are stereotypes, but tend to be a little bit more freaked out and want to deal with terrorism, sort of, um, you know, by any means possible, kind of... um, Maybe maybe a little more common to kind of, you know, pee in the pants a bit when terrorism comes up and thought would want to do anything possible. But uh, no, apparently that seems to be a little bit more of the blue team who's okay with all these security screenings, which again, must do something, one has to imagine, but boy, failing 95% of the test isn't a good thing. But to be fair, not to pick on the TSA too much longer, do, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not saying it's all, you know, the TSA can claim sole responsibility, but haven't been any major... Uh, airline incident since 9-11. Don't know, for, you know, for what reasons. Maybe that's, um, you know, maybe the bad guys out there are just saying, you know, what, we, we're not going for planes anymore. Or maybe we've taken out so much senior leadership in whether it's Al-Qaeda or ISIS that they just don't have the ability to plan attacks like that. I don't know. But let's at least give TSA a little bit of credit because they're at least passing the test 5% of the time. I guess it could be 4, so could be worse. Let me know what you think. 
Andy at kwpt.com. Let's talk about pyramid schemes and magic cheese. And <laughs> sounds like something from Wallace and Gromit, perhaps. But uh, no, a French woman here named Gilberte... Sorry, wrong accent. That's not French. Can I do a French? Gilberte van Erp. I don't think that was necessarily French either. Anyway, 74 years old. She's being prosecuted in Paris for running a pyramid scheme and scamming Chileans out of about $16 million. Now, this woman, what she did, I I don't know why she went to Chile, but she convinced a bunch, I think about 5,000 Chileans, that they could, from her, purchase milk and powder and turn them into a type of magic cheese, she called it, which would ferment and was used in a lot of luxurious French skin creams, apparently. And she said, look, you know, if you give me, I'm not sure how much it costs, uh, although apparently all these Chileans had to remortgage their homes and cash in their savings to have enough money to buy this stuff. And, you know, that's how it works. You invest, whether it's hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, you then can resell the stuff at tens of, you know, something. So you make more money. It seems like a very easy, get-rich-quick kind of scheme. And, well, not surprisingly, turns out this stuff that they made after buying some of the stuff from this woman well, turned out to be pretty worthless. So, very unhappy. And again, she, this woman made $16 million. We'll see how the trial turns out. Stuff like this, when you're scamming people, and obviously she decided not to scam on anybody in France, but went to Chile instead. Um, you know, not not that nice of a thing to do. I don't know if the $16 million, if they'll be able to recover that, get that back to these Chileans. Uh, hope something like that works out. However, in the meantime, watch out for pyramid schemes, and especially watch out if somebody, whether you know it's a pyramid scheme or not, if they're trying to sell you into a product or into a gig like this. It's one thing if it's cheese, but when they start talking about it as magic cheese, magic anything, magic um, seeds for a magic beanstalk, I would go ahead and just say it's safe to say, stay away from that kind of crap. So quite often when maybe it's spring cleaning time or you're just trying to clear out stuff around the house. And for me, one of my weaknesses is getting rid of electronics. I don't have that much, but, you know, whether it's audio equipment or computer stuff, always for some reason, well, same thing with books. It's like books and electronics. I try and hold on to them. I always feel like, well, yes, maybe I don't use this very much or maybe it's kind of broken, but I can maybe fix it and it can still serve some sort of purpose in the future. And sometimes when it comes to computers, I'm the same way. I think we've got two old, I think they're completely dead laptops. And, I've, you know, I've got the one that I use a lot for work as well, which uh not hanging on for t- too much longer. Um, got to thank my godparents. Actually sent me a uh, somewhat new laptop here in the mail, just picked up uh, earlier today, actually. But anyways, the reason I bring it up is I still have these dead laptops, and I think even kind of a dead computer up in our attic. And I should probably just throw them out or give them to somebody that can fix it. Because even if I try and fix it, which I can't, it's not like I'm going to use them. Anyways, one reason that you might not want to clear out these computers, especially if they're really old, because they might actually be worth a lot of money. Not like mine are. But I bring it up because I read about a recycling center. I think somewhere around San Jose, they're looking for a woman who donated a vintage computer. It's an Apple One computer. I believe that is one of the first computers to come out. Perhaps came out in 1976. 
oddly enough, retailed at the time for $666.66. Interesting, sort of a doubling down on the mark of the beast, I guess. And uh, that's about $2,820 in today's dollars. So, you know, fairly, fairly pricey, but I mean, you can find computers that you can spend way more than three grand on today. Anyways, they're looking for her because this vintage computer worth today about $200,000 because it's so old and such an early model and I'm assuming still somewhat functional. Uh, Not that I think you could do too much with it today, but it's a historical item, if you will. So I'll be checking in my attic here before too long, but pretty sure the piece of crap computers I have up there are not going to be worth $200,000, but you never know. Just check if you have a very old computer like that. Hey, even if someone will pay you $600 for it, might want to hold on to it and not just dump it. This has been Moments with Andy, the podcast. Brought to you by 100.3 and 102.7 The Point and The Night Show. Like this podcast? Well, don't be ashamed. Be proud. Tell a friend or post a comment in the iTunes store. Every little bit of help, well, helps. Moments with Andy is made possible by a generous grant from the Horace P. and Nancy R. Shakey Foundation.